Welcome to Steal Your Fitness, the podcast, helping you develop your mental and physical fitness. So no matter how good or not good we all feel, I think we'd like to feel better. And a significant part of feeling better comes from our fitness. But fitness to me is not just about how much we exercise. It's both our physical and mental fitness that can improve our health and then ultimately how we feel. Now this podcast is going to be practical advice and tips as well as some different perspectives on fitness and how we can all develop our own. Ultimately, it's my intention to help us all feel better. You know, I've been on a journey to improve my own health through fitness and when you're looking for direction on where to go, I think it's helpful to hear from people that have already been there. I've been there. You know, I've been on the journey. I've come from a place of being mentally and physically unwell, but I did get better. And this podcast is about sharing with you how I did that and how I'm continuing to do that and how others are doing that. And I am grateful to have you join me. So welcome and I wish you well. Today's episode is Relationship Fitness Part 2, so how to feel better or some perspectives on how we feel better in maintaining our relationships. Last week I had some perspectives about um, feeling better when we build relationships and next week will be how we feel better after relationships. So I've left the introduction the same because I think it's a, it's a good, um, it gives us some good context. But today some perspectives on how we feel better in maintaining relationships, so Relationship Fitness Part 2. I've been thinking a lot about how our relationship fitness or our social fitness has such a significant impact on how we feel on a daily basis is because we're interacting constantly with other people. We're always in the process of building relationships, maintaining them or them ending and us recovering from them. And it's not just relationships with romantic partners, it's with family members, it's with friends, it's colleagues, it's anyone else we interact with. And how we feel before and during and after a relationship really relies on that relationship fitness, which I think is a combination of our mental skills and our perspectives. And to develop our relationship fitness or to develop our social fitness, we can do that through practicing skills or, or, or developing new ones and then having some new perspectives. And then we can apply the understanding and the developed skills and the new perspectives or we can apply what we learn to future scenarios, and that's what will help us feel better. And the more we practice, the more we develop, the better our relationship fitness will become. So that's really what I want to talk about today. I'm sure some of the ideas and the thoughts and the perspectives will resonate with you, and then some of them may not. But it's really, it's about taking um, what is meaningful to us and then applying it to, to, to our lives moving forward. So um, let's get started. So... Now some perspectives on how we can feel better during and when we're maintaining relationships. So we have um, a lot of relationships in our lives. Uh, they could be romantic ones, they could be friendships, they could be work colleagues, it could be family. Um, but I really think that we should be staying close to people that feel like sunshine. And what I mean by that is I sort of feel that some people are radiators and some people are drains. You know, when you have an interaction with someone, you f you feel one of two ways. No, one of three ways, actually. You feel really energized after you've talked to them or seen them and you feel really good. And they are radiating energy. And then there's people that, you know, you just get really drained by. And I don't know, they might be quite negative or it might not even be that they're being negative. That they're, But they just, they f you don't feel invigorated after you've had an interaction with them whether it's on the phone or in person and then there's the people that you just sort of bounce off and 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 get and we can all be radiators and we can all be drains and we can all be different 
things at different times. So we might some some of your friends might radiate most of the time and train some of the time, and then some people it's it's cyclical and and that sort of thing. But but wherever possible, we just need to stay close to people that feel like sunshine. We want to be around people that radiate energy. And if someone in your life is quite negative, then just we need to kind of spend less time with them. And it's difficult when you live with someone like that or someone's in your family and you feel obligated to be around someone, but limiting that exposure, I think, is is really important. And then romantically, I think that I also think love can be energizing or exhausting, and it really depends on emotional maturity. Love between emotionally mature people energizes you. It gives you life and makes you feel really good. But when one or both of you is not as mature emotionally, the love is exhausting. So it feels, it gives a lot of anxiety. It gives, it, it feels unsettled and it sort of feels unsure. So in relationships, I think that's that's something interesting to reflect on. We all have different levels of emotional maturity, and I think that yeah, love can either feel energizing or it can feel um, it can feel exhausting. So sometimes we can find ourselves in quite unhealthy situations uh, with unhealthy habits, or potentially even in an unhealthy relationship. And what I feel is that what we allow is what will continue, and it's it's our boundaries and being honest with ourselves and about our limits and our tolerance that's really what protects us and that's what moves us onto better paths and we might not even realize that it's happening it might be something that we just have a, a, a an awakening one day and we just think this is this is not great I, I need to move out of this job or I need to move out of this situation I need to move out of this relationship but once we're in that position whatever we're changing we're whatever we're not changing we're choosing and we really don't like change as part of the human experience we really don't like it it can be scary and it can be uncomfortable and that's where we need to to dig deep and find some bravery because we'll often live in discomfort rather than feel the discomfort of having those awful conversations or awkward conversations but I, I do think that the only thing worse than doing something or being in something unhealthy for a year is is being in something unhealthy for a year and a day and it's just that it's that right i need to i need to do something and i need to make a change and i need to i need to move out of this and it is awkward and it is uncomfortable but that short amount of discomfort to address something gives us a whole lot more comfortable and a whole lot more freedom in the long term so what we allow is is what will continue we can't force people to respect us but we can refuse to be disrespected not everyone is going to treat us with the respect that we deserve, whether it's the respect of our thoughts, our opinions or feelings, or even our time. You know, some people don't respect our time. And, you know, even when we ex- extend that respect, which we may do, it's not always reciprocal. And I think we will always be, or we'll forever be disappointed if we expect people to act and behave the way that we do. You know, we can't expect, we can't force people to respect us. But we do have some, or we can have some non-negotiable boundaries uh, to protect our needs. And that, that's really what's important to us. You know, when we start communicating those needs and those boundaries and saying what is acceptable to us and what's not acceptable to us, we're then respecting ourselves. And, well... Communicating the boundaries, that's what's respecting ourselves and our needs over other people. And when we don't have or communicate the boundaries, that's when we're really accepting the disrespect. We're accepting someone else's needs, actions or words over our own. And that's really where we need to, or some work that we can do. 
I think we can always say anything that we want, just as anything can say others to us. But when our actions don't match our words, we're inconsistent. And when other people's words don't match their actions, they're inconsistent. And you can't build trust in any sort of relationship or maintain trust in a relationship when there's inconsistency there. And it doesn't even matter the type of relationship. For it to to strengthen or to grow, we need trust as a foundation. Uh, Without trust, that that relationship that you have will always be somewhat of a constant challenge. It's definitely something that, that, that I've learned and was given to learn over and over until I got it. We can be the change we want to see. We can show people who we are instead of just saying who we are. And we can prove what we what we mean without just promising it. And and with that, you know, we can be what we expect other people to be or what we would lo- want people to be. But we can be wary and take the time to notice when someone else isn't showing what they're saying or proving what they're promising. I think inconsistency is one of, if not the biggest red flag in any type of relationship, whether it's romantic or otherwise. But it's up to us to pay attention. You know, we can demonstrate how we want to be treated with our boundaries, but really we need to pay attention when other people are not. So we can not just say, we can show, and we can not just promise, we can, we can prove who we are. Boundaries, again, it's just communicating our boundaries, I think, is a huge part of personal growth. And it's it's not doing what we don't want to do. It's not overextending ourselves. It's not putting someone else's comfort ahead of our own needs. We will upset some people when we start to express the boundaries. I think having boundaries and expressing them, you know, lots of us do have boundaries, but we don't express them. But it's the expressing of them. So we don't say them out loud. They're not really boundaries. I think it's a huge part of self-care. It's, it's a part of being brave. And they're helpful to us, but they're really uncomfortable for other people sometimes to receive and for us to communicate. But the more we do it, the easier it becomes. And the reaction or the response of other people has got everything to do with them and and very little to do with us. We can't control how others behave or think. We can only control how we behave and think. We don't need to explain ourselves. We don't need to compromise on our boundaries. We're enough. And sometimes we just need to state how we feel and that something is or isn't acceptable, and then say nothing else. Now, when when we say no to someone and they get upset, it doesn't mean that we should have said yes. And then there's things that we just don't address in relationships. Sometimes, or many times, we don't address things because we feel uncomfortable. We let other people cross our boundaries and we don't say anything. We expect better and then we become disappointed. And then when we don't express or promote our boundaries, we become resentful. And I've often thought about why I why I do that because you know we're we're all guilty of it. And when I reflect on it, or why do I do this? I I kind of learned to understand that I was valuing something over something else. And what I was valuing is I was valuing what other people may think above what I knew about myself. Now, we don't address something because another person might think we're difficult or we're needy or we're annoying or any other number of of adjectives. We don't want to come across as something that we're not. But very simply, when when we don't address something, it's because we don't want someone to potentially think something about us. But if we already know that we're not that person, that's really what's more important. You know, whether it's asking for what we actually want or saying how we really feel, being honest to a you know, being honest with a friend or a partner or anything and dis- and disagreeing with them is a big part of life. If that's what we really feel. That's how we need to, that's what we need to express. 
We don't need to be as concerned about what someone else may think uh, about us. We can learn to only be concerned about what we know. But if you're not addressing something that needs addressing, ask yourself why. And we can address we can address so much than that we don't and instead of avoiding it what we tend to resist persists what's bothering us what we're avoiding dealing with will not go away until it's dealt with and um it requires some courage and it requires some bravery we need to to dig deep sometimes and just address something as i said i think we'd sometimes rather live uncomfortably than feel uncomfortable doing something we're avoiding but the the peace or the change or the um, the feeling bitter comes on the other side of that discomfort. So we have to often just push through. When we're interacting with people, everything we hear is just someone's opinion and everything we say is just our opinion. What's a fact to someone might not be a fact to us because everything that we see is just our perception and it's truth to us. But what other people see is their perception and it's truth to them. So we all see and hear things the same, but we also all hear and see things very, very differently. So what's a fact and a truth to us may not be a fact or a truth to somebody else. And when we start to listen, to understand and not respond, our minds get bigger, they expand. We don't have to communicate to be under to we don't have to communicate to be understood, but we can always communicate to understand. Now not everyone's gonna understand or understand what we're saying, but we can try and understand other people. And we can choose to spend time with people like us, and we can choose to spend people time with people that are different to us. But we can we can learn from similarity, but I think we learn a lot more from difference. And the more different people that we choose to spend our time around and build relationships with, the more um well the, the more open our minds become. So I think that the more that we do this and the more that we learn, the more that we expand and the and the better we, we understand. Um, in our personal relationships, um, managing our insecurity is one of the biggest duties that we have in, in a relationship. We all have insecurity. It's part of our life. It's something we can all be working on. We can be in denial about it and just ignore it, or we can actively take some responsibility and, and work on it. And I do feel that insecurity is repairable damage. Um, it's something that we can all do something about. But when we enter a relationship of any kind, it's, it's up to us to manage our own insecurity. When we rely on others to make us feel secure, it, that's not our insecurity that we're managing. Someone else is managing it for us. And, and then we'll remain reliant on them to, to help us feel safe. And while that can work, it can be really devastating when it doesn't or when it ends. And how other people feel and how they behave and how they act and what they think and what they say is always about them. I say, and I say that all the time. It's not about us. How we behave and how we feel and how we act and think and say, it's, that's about us. That's not about anybody else. So when we feel secure in ourselves, what others do and say doesn't affect us in the same way. But when we feel insecure about ourselves, what other people do and say is a source of frequent, if not constant, disturbance and, and anxiety within us. But always remember, if something doesn't feel right, it's not. And that thing that doesn't feel right, it might be insecurity within our minds, but only we can do something about that. You know, similarly, it's not up to us to manage someone else's insecurity. That's that's up to them to, to deal with. We can only be patient and supportive in the process. But I do think that managing insecurity is one of our biggest duties that we have in a relationship. And when we interact with people, some people will not ever hear us. And what I mean by that is that 
regardless of how much or how truthful or how kind or how profound or how loving or how loud we speak, some people will just not hear us. All we can do then is is just wish them well and let them go. And, and another way of putting that is we could write a thousand words about ourselves and some people wouldn't understand us. And yet other people can understand us without us saying or writing a single word. Now, sometimes we disconnect with people and sometimes we don't. And it's... And how we relate or don't relate is about, I think it's about some sort of energy exchange. As I said, some people are radiators and some people are drains. And when we exchange energy with some people, it feels it feels amazing, it feels beautiful, and then and we vibe with them. And sometimes we just don't vibe with people. You know? And sometimes vibrations change. You know, the way we vibe with someone changes and suddenly we're just not understanding them and they're not understanding us. And we can always be loving and we can always be kind, but it doesn't always mean that we will be understood or we'll be seen or we'll be heard. Some people just aren't going to hear us. I also think in relationships, um, this is specifically probably more with friendships than anything else, but we can really stop giving people advice that nobody wants. Um, when we really cultivate good listening skills, it helps manage our, our relationships. It helps us feel better about our relationships. And, and what I mean by communication skills is being able to develop or cultivate the ability to really listen. And that's listening to someone without forming an opinion um, or listening just to listen, not listening to reply. And what I like to do with, with the relationships in my life is when someone is obviously bothered about something and they want to talk about something, I ask them if they want comfort or they want solutions or if they want they want me to, to help them or they, they just want me to listen. Because sometimes we can get that wrong sometimes we can be trying to tell someone what they should do or give them advice when they don't need that they just need someone to hear them you know when we when we talk about how we feel it helps us process our emotions and sometimes we just need to talk about it we don't need a point of view we don't need anything else but other times we literally don't know what to do we just need we need some advice and some support and someone can be just really lovely and just listen, but actually good. I'm just like, I want, I want some solutions. Help me. So we can, what I mean by we can stop giving advice. Nobody wants, I think we can just, if, if someone wants some advice, generally they'll ask for it. So that that's what we need to potentially just be a little bit more wary of is just sometimes people just need us to listen. And, you know, when we, when we don't really listen very well and we don't cultivate those skills and practice those skills, we can we can end up getting into disagreements with people. And, you know, this may be with people we don't know so much, but th- there's, there's plenty of reasons not to argue. I just, I mean, we, we really don't need to get into confrontations with anyone. But often when we do get into confrontation, confronta- God, I've just, there's some weird car noise outside. Um... When we do get into confrontations with people, someone might not be emotionally mature enough to grasp the concept of a different perspective. And that's generally why people argue or argue back. Now, when we enter into a conversation, a debate or an argument with the sole purpose of being right, I think we're already wrong and we've already lost. But when we approach the same interactions wanting to be or wanting to understand and be understood, I think that's when we win. Some people or some of us just can't hold space for alternative views news or perspectives and some of us have got an overnight overriding need for others to agree with us but life gets better when we let that go and there's something incredibly liberating about not having to be right and not having to defend a point of view 
confidence is quiet and insecurity I, f- I feel is loud. Some people want to understand us and they want to understand our ideas and some people don't. But I think there's very little point arguing with someone that's committed to not understanding us. But I don't think there's much point in arguing at all. You know, we can all look to understand more and others and and hope that that's what will further our own learnings and our own understandings. Ultimately, I think everyone just wants to be heard and, and to be seen. But some of us are just more mentally more mature. And then we just don't feel the need to argue. And it's not to say that we shouldn't say or think or say what we think or say what we feel. We just don't need to convince someone to agree with us. That's why we can also stop dominating conversations. We, I think the more secure you are or the more confident you are in yourself, the less you feel the need to express yourself or dominate things or convince people of things. If we're really truly confident, we can help others feel more confident by encouraging them to speak more. We can ask more questions. Instead of offering our opinion or our point of view, we can just ask people more about them. We don't need to comment on it unless we're asked for it. And we don't need to we don't need to explain ourselves. We don't need to um get yeah, we don't we don't need to continue to, to talk. We don't need to dominate conversations. We can let other people have their own right or wrong opinion without judgment or comparison. So I think that definitely helps us feel better in relationships when we don't feel that we need to dominate conversations. So in our relationships, I think and that's friendships, could be romantic relationships, it could be family ones. Sometimes we can't help but take things personally. It's it's just it's just who we are. But a reaction, a comment, or a behaviour directed at us, it it feels personal, but it very rarely is. It's always it's always about where it's being directed from, and sometimes sometimes the way that people project onto us, it's how they cope. They can't they can't manage their feelings, and look, we do it too. Sometimes we can be really frustrated, so we'll take it out on someone or we'll direct, we'll get very directive with someone, we'll get we're very blamey or we'll complain or we'll just, we'll project something out of us because we're not, we're not able to cope with our own emotions. But it's, projection is how people cope, it's not as personal as it feels. You know, when we, when we blame, when we complain, when we over-explain ourselves, when we attack, when we belittle, we judge, we mock, all of that is projection, that's not, it's not. It's it's not about the other person, and similarly, when those things happen to us, it's not about us. It's it's a projection from that person. So, when someone is behaving a certain way and expressing themselves in in a way, and we're 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 taking it personally, we have to just remind ourselves it's not personal. It's just how some people cope, but we can project ourselves from it. We can, we can, get curious. It's it's never about what someone says. It's about why it bothers us. And if someone was projecting something onto us and it's bothering us in any way, generally it's because there'll be some part of it on some level that we think is true. And it's never it's never about what the words that someone is saying to us. It's it's the the work that can be done to affect or to, to not affect our peace and how we feel about ourselves is to is to work on why it's bothering you. What is being said is not is not what the key is. It's it's why it bothers you and you can and dig a little deeper and get a bit curious. Because the better we feel about ourselves, the more self-worth we have, the more we work on insecurities, the more we love ourselves, the, the more we feel better about ourselves, the less affected we are by other people's views because we don't we don't believe it. 
but it is a it's a huge process it's it's work that we all need to do and continue to do but when we're being attacked generally it's from defensiveness some people need to feel the need to defend themselves and it's just another form of project, projection um, but we can get some perspective on it and when we realize that's what they're doing and we can kind of take a step back and observe it's it helps it helps it feel a little less personal than than what what it, it was or what it has and as i've said how someone treats us is a reflection of them not us but being treated right is more important than trying to be right for someone else and that could be for a friend it could be for a partner and and yeah it's 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 a, it's up to us you know, we need to we need to have an expectation and demand that we're treated right rather than try to be right for somebody else. Being with someone or being around people that push us to love ourselves is so important. You know, many of us have not come from a place of self-love or self-worth. And part of our journey is learning how to love ourselves and discovering and cultivating that self-worth. And, you know, we might not have had it instilled in us and children, but whoever we spend time with and whatever relationships we build and and who we're around that is a significant influx influence on on those things now some people can really help us build it and some people can really um, help us take it apart so being around someone or being with someone or, or people that push us to love ourselves is really important just as we can be that person that pushes other people to love themselves you know we don't see what other people see um and what others see we don't see but that that, that work we can do on ourselves that can really help when other people are, are pushing us to do the same. And a big part of that, I think, is is we need to stop caring as much about hurting someone else's feelings more than our own. You know, some of us are people pleasers. Some of us prioritise other people's feelings or other people's needs ahead of our own discomfort. You know, we would rather feel uncomfortable than someone else feel uncomfortable. But while we continue to do that, it, it, we will never have any sort of peace now, our feelings are our feelings and their feelings are their feelings. We can only manage our own. And when we do that, when we prioritise other people's needs ahead of our, our own feelings and then we feel uncomfortable, that costs us um, our mental peace and it's just it's just too expensive. You know, we, can, we can get curious. We can ask ourselves why we're willing to hurt ourselves ahead of someone else. And it's not, that's not being chivalrous. That's not being... Um, selfless when we hurt ourselves to to stop someone else being hurt. Um, that's it's it's a pattern of behaviour that we've may have done our whole lives, but all that does is create discord within us. We we are responsible for how we feel. We can change how we feel. We can change how we think, and our feelings are more important than than prioritising someone else's comfort. And if that means we're expressing a boundary that makes someone uncomfortable. Um, but it protects our feelings, it's absolutely 100% the right thing to do. You know, we are not required to set ourselves on fire to keep other people warm. And that's that's really what, what I think it comes down to. So we can't expect honesty from people that lie to themselves. You know, I, I'd like to think that most people are honest a lot of the time, but we're not. Um, some of us are really honest with other people, but we're not honest to ourselves. And that's the same for other people. Some people may be more honest with other people, but they're not they're not honest with themselves. But I, I do think that an expectation of, of someone, if someone is not being honest with themselves, we can't expect that honesty with us. And, and that's the same with other people and, and how we are. 
I think a big part of our work that we do in self-development is being more authentic and being more honest, um, especially with ourselves, and, and it's keeping our, our word to ourselves. But I think whenever we have expectations of other people, we generally can be more disappointed. And how we make other, how we make other people feel says a lot about us. I, I often think about this, you know, when you walk past people on the street and because we interact with people all the time, people we know, family, friends, loved ones, partners, people we live with, people we don't. And then there's people we just we just walk by or sit next to on a train or we, we just pass by. You know, are we polite? Are we kind? Do we smile? Do we acknowledge that someone is even there? How do we treat people that can do nothing for us? You know, is that different to how we treat people that can? We feel better about ourselves and we feel... Yeah, we feel good about ourselves. We feel better about ourselves when we treat people better. I often say it's a good way to cheer ourselves up is to cheer other people up. But when we know we're doing a good thing and we're doing it when no one is watching, that makes us feel good about ourselves. And I, I didn't see you'll see people post on social media about charitable things they've done, and that's great. It's it's always great to be charitable and helpful and kind. But I don't necessarily think we need to tell people about it. Um, but how we make other people feel about themselves is a lot about us, particularly people that, that we don't know. Just taking a break from the podcast to bring you a special offer just for my podcast listeners. I'm giving you 20% off my entire range of digital download guides. I have how-to guides on so many topics, how to reduce body fat, how to build muscle, how to sleep better, how to build motivation, and a whole lot more. I have my targeted training guides, grow your abs, grow your chest, your glutes, your legs, all major muscle groups, they're full guides and they include eight week workout plans. I've got my trainer made workout plans, which cover everything, cardiovascular training, stability training, which is resistance training for beginners, through to endurance, hypertrophy or muscle growth and strength training. They're full, they're detailed and they include up to 16 weeks worth of workouts in every one. So for 20% off my guides and workout plans, go to steelyourfitness.com forward slash shop and enter the discount code podcast 20. It's an exclusive offer for my podcast listeners and is available for a limited time. There's no limits. You can download as many as you want and you can use the code as many times as you want. That code again is podcast20, so podcast20, and it's available on all my how-to guides, my targeted training guides, and my trainer-made workout plans. Check it out now, steelyfitness.com forward slash shop and enter the code podcast20 for 20% off my digital download guides and the exclusive offer for my podcast listeners. Now, back to the show. So if we constantly have to convince someone of our worth, they'll never see it. And when someone doesn't see the value in having us, or, or whether that's as a friend or as a partner, it will take a lot of wasted personal energy to try and convince them of it. You can't get someone to appreciate more of what they already have by giving them even more of it. It doesn't work. You know, we can be loving and kind and still not valued. We can be, we can even be appreciated and still not valued. You know, we can't control how someone prioritizes us or how they value us. We can only control our reaction or our response to it. And that, that's the challenge. If our values got to be justified, we're, we're just not valued. So that we just need to understand that with other people. We, we, we are only responsible for what we value. We can't, we can't. We can't, yeah, we can't, we can't expect the same from other people. And then when we get mad about things and relationships or we get angry, sometimes our anger is misplaced. Sometimes we get frustrated and we think we're annoyed at someone else when actually we're annoyed with ourselves. 
And that's generally because we haven't set some sort of boundary or maintained yeah, maintained a boundary and, and we've not said or some, said something that is not okay. That resentment that we feel that we want to direct at other people really needs to be directed at ourselves. And when we're mad at someone else and when we're triggered, which happens, the answer is so really within the other person. And we, we can ask ourselves, why are we mad? What's triggered me? What's my contribution to this? What's my responsibility? Because you know, some people do do things sometimes that, that affect us, but it's it's generally not about, or the, the, the solution that we're looking for is not why did they do that? The solution is looking into us and saying, why did it bother me? Because someone else's behavior is about them, it's not about us. So ask ask yourself sometimes, have I upset myself? Or have I, have I upset... If I, am I upset because of someone else or am I upset because of someone's projection onto me and what actually is that? Um, because no one, ultimately no one can make us feel anything without our permission. And when people do or say or act a certain way and we feel something, we, we can choose not to feel it or we can feel it, release it and let it go and then get sort of curious about why it's bothering us and and that can be some work that we can do on ourselves. But something is a big deal to us it's a big deal to us we have needs we have boundaries we have to communicate them and the more that we do that and the more that we express when something is not okay a the easier it becomes but the more peace that we have the less anxiety that we have um the more comfortable that we feel and then when we do express these things that that we are okay with us not okay with us sometimes we can be called too much or we're you know we can then someone can then sort of attack us for having these points of view or these feelings, these boundaries that that we have that are important. But if we're too much for someone, it just essentially means that we're not enough for them. And that's that's really a, a good way of, of thinking about it. We're not too much of anything. We're enough. We're, we're absolutely enough. And the more that we can co- coach ourselves through that, the more we can cultivate this self-worth and, and how we feel about ourselves, um, the more peaceful our lives become, the better we feel um and and the the better life gets but when we don't when we don't address something when we don't express our boundary when we do not communicate them that that conflict that we're avoiding you know we can we can sometimes avoid conflict to keep the peace but that will start a conflict within us, ourselves so we won't express something we won't say something we won't have a point of view because we don't want to we don't want to create conflict, but all that does then is set this sort of chain of reaction in our brains of um, conflict. And why why would we do that? Sometimes we have to have confrontation. Sometimes we have to address things that make us feel uncomfortable. But when we do that, it's out and it's, it's done. When we don't do that, it can stay and ruminate in our brains for days, even for weeks. It could just go on and on and on. And that's why it's always important to to address a boundary, to say how you feel. Um, you know, you don't need to be seen as right. You don't need to even be understood. But when you feel like you've said what you needed to say, it gets it out. And that really that really stops that. Well, maybe you'll still get some conflict in your, your minds, but it feels a whole lot better. And it's, sometimes it is a 30 seconds worth of discomfort in a conversation that gives you a whole lot more peace on the other side of that conversation. So when we're around people, our circle and the people that love us should really um, want to see us win. And I always think we should be wary of those that don't clap when we win. You know? When we're working on ourselves, when we're trying to achieve anything, you know, it could be getting a new job, it could be losing weight, it could be 
um, making some other changes. Not everyone is going to be happy for us. Not everyone's going to be supportive and not everyone will encourage you. Um, it's quite difficult sometimes, I think, to to accept. But always be wary of those people around you that don't clap when you win. And some people aren't going to like that post that you put of your before and after on social media. Some people, and they could be really good friends. Some people might not share your business or, or what you're doing. And it's just, it's not... It's not anything to get too hooked up about, but it's just to be a bit more wary of um, of those people because ultimately, you know, are, are you that person, you know, are you, are you, are you that passive-aggressive person that doesn't support, like, your circle when they're winning? You know, when we encourage people, when we, when we like the post, when we send them a text to congratulate them, when we do those things, none of those things detract from our success or our potential to succeed or achieve at all. It doesn't there it's not a finite amount of success and achievement in the world it's not an unlimited it's not a limited supply it's unlimited there's, there's enough for everyone so when we don't encourage people when we don't clap for them when they win why are we not doing that and i always think that about other people why would they why would they not support but people don't and i think generally it's because that there's i don't know it's, maybe it's jealousy maybe that they're, they're not bothered it I think we just need to be a bit wary about people that don't clap when we win. That's all. Um, but there's there's no reason why someone wouldn't. Like I said, there's there's more than enough success and achievement in the world for everyone. You know, it's it's unlimited. It's infinite. Um, and supporting someone else doesn't detract from your own. If you're a confident um, person, you know who's happy for you when you're happy. That's that's what we really need to understand. We are going to get hurt in relationships. That's just a, a part of, of life, unfortunately, and that's any type of relationship we have with a partner, with a friend, with family. I always do think, though, that hurt people hurt other people. Obviously, it doesn't stop us hurting, but it doesn't justify it, um, and it doesn't even mean we need to accept it, but our awareness of it helps us respond as opposed to react. When someone is being hurtful and they're being... Um, yeah, when they're just being, they're being hurtful, that it's because they're hurt themselves somehow. And that hurt can be intentional towards us or unintentional, but they're just discharging their own pain. Um, we can also learn when we hurt other people. There's a, that's an unfortunate fact of life that we will either intentionally or unintentionally hurt people sometimes, but no experience is wasted and we can learn from that. And I think we, we do a lot of hurting when we assume things. I know when we assume we wound and... Um, that's really, you know, we can assume and wound ourselves as well. When we don't have all the facts to a, a situation, when we don't know the full story, we will fill in those gaps with our experiences and our histories and our filters and mental wounds. And and we will then create a narrative that sometimes um, hurts ourselves. And also we can assume someone else is feeling something or doing something and when we don't know. And we can then make this, again, another narrative or judgments about things. So assuming things um, is really can be quite hurtful and um, we, can, we can get clarity. We can always get more clarity. But when we're told that we've hurt someone and that that's, this is also unfortunately going to happen from time to time, we don't get to decide that we didn't. If someone says that we've hurt them, we've hurt them. You know, their feelings are valid as much as our feelings are valid. And it's not, no, it's not easy to hear, but rare is it an intention, in an intention that, any, that we would hurt anyone. You know, or maybe it is, but I think generally that would be rare. Sometimes we just haven't been clear. Sometimes we haven't been aware of a boundary. It's it's just sometimes we've done things and we didn't mean to. Um, but when we're told that someone 
is hurt and we've hurt someone, you know, it's up to us then to, to make that right. We don't get a choice to say that we didn't hurt them. And it's it is unfortunate we can apologize. And I think that there are you know, if someone's really meaningful to us, um, we will we will make a proper apology. An apology is made up, I think, of three things. It's it's the apology itself, um, it's any amends that need to be made, and then it's a changed behaviour. Because what we wouldn't want to do is hurt someone again. Um, when we, when someone hurts us or we hurt them, and we make and we make a mistake, we make a mistake. You know, you can correct that mistake. You can make amends. You can apologise. You can change your behaviour. But when that mistake happens again, it's no longer a mistake. Now, when mistakes happen continuously, the same mistake happens over and over. It's not, that's not a mistake anymore. That's a decision. And that's what we need to understand with other people. What we allow is what will continue. Some people will... An apology without change behaviour is just manipulation. It's not, it's not, it's not any, it doesn't mean anything. And that's the same with us. Sometimes we can apologise for something and then continue to do it. What we need to understand is we're no longer making a mistake. We're deciding that we're going to do that. No one's a mind reader. We need to voice how we feel if we're not happy about something. If we have a boundary that that is being crossed, we need to say something. We need to voice how we feel. And when we don't, um, the voices in our heads go off and we will end up shouting at ourselves or berating ourselves. And and that's a huge part, I think, of our inner work is, is addressing something with others in situations, no matter what the situation. It could be a job, a relationship, it could be a, a friendship, it, it doesn't matter. But when we don't address something, we just create this mental discord inside of our, our minds and what would you rather, this is what we need to decide all of the time, would you rather be, kick off something in your brain and just have more and more noise in there or create some noise outside of yourself to, to stop that from happening? The more you do it, the easier it becomes. Not saying anything isn't telling the truth. Now, sometimes we choose not to say something because we don't want to lie and we don't want to hurt someone. But we have to remind ourselves that's still not being truthful. And if we want to be an honest and truthful person, then we need to speak all of the truth. And that's about being authentic. It's not always easy, but it does help us grow. And it's just so relevant, I think, in relationships. Just be honest and say say everything that needs to be said. Sometimes we just choose not to say something because we don't potentially want to hurt someone's feelings. But no, it's not lying, but it's also it's not being it's not it's not you're just not saying it doesn't mean we're telling the whole truth and in the relationships when we're building them with people or we're maintaining them people really change it's their priorities or their needs that do yeah and yes it's possible for people to change because when we we know better we we do better and we can't change people but they can change themselves but ultimately when someone suddenly is a bit different it's it's because their priorities have changed or their needs have changed and sometimes we are more of someone's priority and then sometimes we are less. Sometimes we're needed by someone and sometimes that we're not. And that's that's where we can get confused sometimes. And I always think, oh, that person's different, they've changed. No, I think we've just become somewhat less or more of a priority or, or, or they need us or more or less. And um, another part about maintaining relationships or feeling better during relationships we have with people especially this is especially in, in families and workplaces life gets better when we learn to deal with difficult people and you know, some people are just unpleasant some people are aggressive some people are volatile some people are dramatic it, it's some people just drain our energy 
there are a lot of difficult people in the world. And as I say, hurt people hurt people, but some people are just unpleasant and some people are difficult. And life gets better when we learn to take a lot of other people's behaviours much less personally. And it's so easy to be triggered by people. Um, it's Every time we incorporate or encounter someone that's difficult, it's an opportunity for growth. I always like to look at it as, oh, I've got a really great opportunity here to practice patience. And because um, that's something that I, I like to work on. And um, yeah, life gets better when we learn to difficult people, learn to deal with difficult people. And a, a good way of doing that is let people have the last word. You know, we don't need to have any type of confrontation. We don't need to have the last word. We don't need to... You can often see that, you know, when you, you see an interaction between other people and it, it sort of degenerates into some school ground kind of like interaction. I don't feel the need to have the last word. And none of us do. You know, let let someone have it. Like it's it's really not a big deal. Um, is it is it really that important to us that we need to have that last word? I take the time to respond, but we don't need to react. Um, it's a really good way of dealing with difficult people. Because ultimately, and this helps me feel better about other people's behaviour. Sometimes, I think everyone is doing their best. You know, we often get frustrated and upset and disappointed with other people, and it could be their actions, their behaviours, or their treatment of us. Now, when people hurt other people, they're just directing their own hurt instead of managing it themselves. And we we haven't all had the same experiences. We haven't all had the same um, emotional intelligence or emotional maturity. We have not all had the same um, education. We've not had the same lessons in life. So I do think that everyone is just doing the very best that they can in that moment with the skills and experience and histories that they have. I think it's just so rare that there's ever any real intention to hurt other people. It's generally all about people just not being able to manage their own pain and their own discomfort so they discharge it onto other people. Now, some of us don't have the mental fitness, the mental strength or the mental skills to manage our own hurt and pain. So we deflect it or we discharge it onto other people. But the more we can respond with kindness and with understanding and patience, the better life gets. Because I, I do think that it takes... Or just everyone is doing their best, as we are. You know, we don't, if we look at our own behaviours when we've been um, potentially inappropriate or upsetting, we did the best that we could in that time. And we we weren't managing our emotions very well, so we exploded on someone else or we did something that we're not proud of. It happens to other people as well. And it takes grace to remain kind in cruel situations because that, that, that's part of life. Some, some people, some circumstances and, and some scenarios are cruel. They're really difficult. But when we can remain calm and we can remain kind in those situations, um, how we feel in the moment is difficult, but how we feel about ourselves afterwards is a whole lot better than it could have been. We become proud of, of what we did as opposed to um, guilty or embarrassed or ashamed at our, our behaviour. A lot of people, difficult people, they express an air about them that they feel like they're better than us. Um, you know, you'll know those people that... They don't might not say the words, but they act in a way that they're better than you. Like, no, I'm better than you. Um, and and a good way of of managing that within us is is to understand that I'm better than you is I'm not good enough in disguise. And a lot of people when they have to have certain things and they like to pre present their life in a certain way, and you might know that it's not really that way, but they're presenting it in a certain way. That's all comes down to their their challenges with their own self worth. Uh, they don't feel good enough, they don't feel like they're enough. And it might be something that we even do ourselves. And um, when we realise that we're expressing that we're 
you know, I'm, I'm better than this person. Um, or look, I'm not in that position. I've done this. When we're bolstering ourselves with that, we can get really curious about it and, and think, well, actually that's got, that's probably because I don't feel incredibly great about myself. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm better than you as I'm not good enough in disguise. So I'll ask a few perspectives uh, now. The moment you start to wonder if you deserve better, you do. And that could be a feeling in a friendship, a relationship or in a job or just in life in general. The minute we start to feel that we deserve better than what we have or what we're getting, we do. And that realisation I feel is like a bit like a sunrise. It's gradual, but the light gets brighter and eventually we're in this full sun and it becomes blinding and then it's hard to ignore. And when we know that change is needed, we often resist it. We prefer to remain uncomfortable because we're, we like to be in a comfort zone and sometimes discomfort can, can become almost, it can almost feel comfortable because we, we don't want to be different, we don't want to change. But remember what we allow is what will continue and the moment we start to wonder if we deserve better, we do. So many relationships only last because we put ourselves last and that could be the relationships we have in love or in work or with friends or even with family. You know, just because we're born into something, it doesn't mean we need to stay within it. We we change, we, ev- we evolve, we grow. Some relationships are meant to be short and some are meant to be much longer. And some relationships serve us, but many, when they go on longer than they need to, they can deplete us. And often we, we stay in, engaging in a relationship through obligation rather than inspiration. And something that we do that we think we should as opposed to knowing that we shouldn't. But knowing that that so many relationships last because we put ourselves last is is quite helpful and we don't we don't need to do that and it's yeah it's a different sometimes I think it's a really difficult thing to accept but um relationships wherever they're a friendship a relationship or a family relationship that sometimes they're not forever so they are so there are some perspectives on how we can feel better during and, and maintaining relationships uh, next week or the next episode, I'm going to go through some perspectives on on how we can feel better when relationships end. And that's often one of the most difficult um, parts of our lives is when relationships, no matter what type of they are, um, when they end, it's 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 being able to, how, we, how do we feel better after and in the acceptance of the end of relationships? That's next week. So subscribe now for more perspectives on how we can feel better um, after and the acceptance of the end of relationships. Now available at stealyourfitness.com forward slash shop is Steal Your Relationships, my digital download guide on how to feel better before, during and after relationships. It's 117 pages of different perspectives and skills that we can work on to build our relationship fitness and ultimately help us feel better. So that's Steal Your Relationships, how to feel better before, during and after relationships, my digital download guide, now available at stealyourfitness.com forward slash shop. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you've got any queries or comments, uh, you can find me on social media at Steal Your Fitness. That's where you can give us a like or a share or a follow, any of which would be very much appreciated. I'd also be really grateful if you could subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already. And then also give the, the podcast a five-star rating and a review on wherever you get your podcasts from. It really helps me grow the podcast and then I can reach more people. So once again, thanks for listening. I hope you feel better today. And as always, I wish you well.